Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 275. My name is Benjamin Yoder, and I am here today to talk to you about video games, although it is a pretty light week this week, I will say, so we may end up running a little short. We'll see. Um, you know, I feel like I say that almost every week, and then we always go like 40 minutes to an hour, so maybe, maybe, maybe we won't actually, but my list here is a little slim compared to usual, and a lot of these points... I think are going to be um, not super in-depth, probably. Um, I have quite a few games up front here to talk about, but there are things we either have talked about before or I um, didn't really do a lot with, unfortunately. And the news section, we have more Kickstarter updates, actually. One of the ones are, you know, from Arm Fantasia. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, and then, real, actually, just two... That's it. Just two Kickstarter stories. That is all we have for news this week. What if we... What if we pull out the video gaming bit? That might happen. If you don't know, we used to do something called the video gaming bit. Um, basically, every every week we would pull a random game out of my collection and talk about it. And it started getting pushed off because the episodes were getting too long. And so um, it is a nice kind of back of the pocket. I ran out of things to say at the end of this podcast to make it substantial enough. So let me just ramble on about something that happens. But anyway, so, you know, a couple Kickstarter stories here. And then also just a few different games here. Um, one of the big things I, I tried to do this week, although it did not really ultimately turn into anything, was um, I had a friend that was like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and play some Fantasy Star Online 2, New Genesis you know, just came out on PS4. If you weren't aware, I think we talked about it on the podcast a while ago, but essentially they're finally the PS4 version of the game is out. I don't think there's actually like a PlayStation 5 version of that game still. So if you're playing on PlayStation 5, I believe it's still running the PS4 version of the game. Um, so I was like, okay, well now this might be the time for me to try this. You know, I, I would have preferred to have tried it at when New Genesis launched, um, but unfortunately, uh, I di- I don't have an Xbox uh, One at all. The the last Xbox Xbox I have is a 360, so I didn't end up trying it out. I could have maybe have run it on PC. I could actually have run traditional PSO2 on PC. However, the um, update to New Genesis made something where basically my processor was no longer compatible. So unfortunately, I wasn't able to actually try it when it was new. And, and kind of the appeal of a trying it when it was new is because the content was going to be limited. So I could play it for, you know, 20 hours and then hopefully kind of walk away satisfied. It's like, I understand what this thing is. The problem with live games is that they're constantly growing, right? So when a year passes, two year passes, you know, the the, the scale of content and the, the ability for me to really feel like I know what's going to be happening in a game um, doesn't really, uh, I don't feel confident in my ability to do that. So it's harder and harder to start that. But I am a Fantasy Star Online fan, so I do have an interest in checking out New Genesis, even though I honestly think I probably would not be really big into it. So Anyways, now that it's on PS4, you know, it, I could have run it on my new PC, but a console is always just a little easier for me, especially when it comes to capturing, capturing games through my capture card and setup and everything. It just always makes it easier. And also it lets me continue to multitask my PC without too much trouble as well. So, um, so I installed it went ahead and uh, went to go create a character and the servers were down for maintenance. I think it was a Tuesday night. So I was like, okay, well, I'll create a character at the very least. So I created a character. And by the time I was done with that, it took me a while. Um, The servers were still down. So I ultimately ended up not logging in to try it so and it's one of those things that I don't think it will happen this weekend either unfortunately I'm, t- I'm recording this on a Friday so I don't know when I'm actually going to get to it because 
I know I have some other stuff going on next week. I had a couple people reach out to me that they wanted to have some conversations, some family stuff. So, and also I have some family coming into town. So I'm just like, this probably isn't going to happen in the near term, unfortunately. So anyways, I made a character. The one thing I can say, and this is a problem I've had ever since like Fantasy Star Universe, is I feel like the character customization, I really have a harder time with like really in-depth ones. Um, on the bright side with Fancy Star Online, uh, two and New Genesis, I think they have like an advanced and simple mode. Well, I know in New Genesis, they do have an advanced and simple mode and the simple mode basically kind of simplifies things down. And then the advanced mode, you know, you can go in and like do things like edit jaw lines and things like that. And I would say for like 90% of the stuff, I'm very happy with the simple mode overall. However, there are just like a few little nitpicky things that bother me. And, and at least in the initial character creator, there's no obvious way to switch between simple and advanced so personally i would prefer to just go through the simple mode and then transition over to an advanced uh to just fine tune it but in the case of the offline character creator that did not seem to be an option so there could be an option for it you do like save your character data rather than like make a character so it could be that you could just load it up in advanced afterwards i don't know but just in me sitting there messing with it i had some trouble so Anyways, I wasn't particularly super happy with the character design that I came out with, um, but, you know, I don't know. So, uh, it's fine for the most part. We'll see if I even actually get around to playing it. I feel like this is the 10th Fantasy Star Online 2 character that I have made in my lifetime. So, you know, I usually play it, play it for like, you know, 5 to 10 hours and then just kind of bounce off usually is what ends up happening. So, it's just, I think the nature of just like this ever-growing, never-ending thing always kind of pushes me away from games because I just don't really know what what I'm I'm working towards usually. And and when I'm working towards stuff, because it is like the, I, I'm playing whatever I'm logging in to do, whether that be the, you know, initial initial launch content or like in the case of like Final Fantasy 14, whatever expansion I left off on, it does kind of feel like you're just kind of doing this old content by yourself in some ways. So I don't know. It's, it's one of those things that I just struggle with with live games, unfortunately. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> the icon for that game on the PlayStation Store, though, looks like really weird. It's like a lady with like neon green hair and like a yellow jumpsuit or something like that. And I'm like, this looks like a Valorant thumbnail rather than a Fancy Star Online one to me. So, but I don't know. Maybe it's, I, I feel like all live games change their thumbnails like every six months or something like that. So anyway, so I did not actually play it, but I did make a character and was like, okay, this character is okay and fine. I'm not super happy about it. Part of me was like, maybe I'll adjust it more when I get back to it, but we'll see. Um, I did play some Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2. We've actually talked about that game before, so I don't really have a ton to really say about it now, and especially in the current way I'm playing it. So um, previously I played it, a friend was visiting me, and I played it locally, and we we had a, a pretty good time with it there. We spent about, I think, six or so hours on it. I think it's like a 10-hour game or something. Um, and we played it on, I think, like the normal mode, essentially. And it was pretty challenging. And I really enjoyed, um, you know, the co-op aspect of it. And and I do think like it was, you know, I'm, I'm not great at platformers. And when I'm talking to somebody while I'm playing a game, I get significantly worse at it. Go check out my streams every Thursday where I fail to like consume information or be able to properly perform things. If I'm talking, I have to like shut up for a second and be like, I'm doing this real quick. Let me shut up. Let me get past this room. And then, uh, then I'll talk again. So, um, but uh, in the case of this this situation, I'm playing with somebody online. However, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2 um, does not have an online mode. So we're playing through Steam's uh, remote play. Um, if you haven't 
heard recently, my internet's been having a great time, and it's been really finicky. So the first night we played, it was really bad. It was like a second delay between all of my inputs, and for a game that's a platformer, that is really terrible. Um, we are playing on easy, so there's no knockback or anything like that, and we have infinite lives, so ultimately... It doesn't really matter, unlike a normal mode, um, but it is something that is still frustrating to play. So the second time we played it, though, however, um, it was a lot better, a lot more responsive. The bigger thing is it's just, you know, probably one out of every like 100 times I try to jump, the input gets eaten and I just don't jump. Um, and that is really frustrating in a platformer where when you jump, you know, the character dies and then you don't really have a good way. There are ways to revive them, but it's like pretty rare you can revive a character in that game until the entire party's dead. Because we're playing on easy, we're basically just committing suicide if we end up in a situation where we can't like do a special path to get a power up if I killed one of the characters or something. So um, it's definitely not quite the same experience playing it on easy, you know, no knockback and things like that. And in the infinite lives thing. So I definitely would prefer to play it on normal, but for this situation where I can't really rely on my input as is, and you know, for the most part, I played through the majority of that game in a, an environment where I did really enjoy it. I don't really mind playing it this way. I think it makes sense for how we're playing it. It's really a big, like a, a shame that the, any creates a uh, Castlevania like game they announced for it. It was like Grim Grimoire or something like that. I don't remember what it was called, but, um, the Castlevania um, style game any creates recently announced featuring the two girls from Gal Gun as the main characters. That is also local multiplayer only. And it's just kind of frustrating as somebody who doesn't play stuff online with people usually. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like that's a game that it's not really local by choice. It's probably just local by budget. Somebody put money on a graph somewhere and said, hey, putting in the online doesn't make this chart move <laughs> so so let's just keep it keep it at the local level kind of thing so that's unfortunate but i'm still looking forward to it i do want to check it out it was at pax recently apparently so um it might be i, I didn't look to see if there's any english impressions online to, to say much about it um i only ever really saw the initial trailer and i saw it was at like bit summit as well um for that so um the other thing to note with any crates actually is that gunfold 3 did get announced for ps4 um, and it's coming out in December. So, um, I'm still going to get it on switch. I have all my Gunvolt games on switch and thankfully they all run very well there. So I don't really have any concerns. I still have not picked up Gunvolt three. Um, but I just have, I, I feel like I need to play X2 before I can really justify picking up Gunvolt three. So, um, X2 is definitely on the docket of sometime. I don't know when that sometime is. I would like it to be before the end of this year, but, you know, you know how it is with me. Like, I, I, I kind of move with the, the flow. Whatever kind of sweeps me up is what I end up doing. <laughs> so, so yeah. And then I also played some Farland Story FX. Again, you know, I've been talking about this pretty much every week, I feel like. And I've just been kind of like, eh, you know, it's just slow and moving and, 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 and just not much is happening. I do have two updates, though. One is... Very early on when I probably talked about this game in more detail, I mentioned the fact that there was only one healer in the entire group and that made it really hard to divide forces in that game, especially because of how slow that game is. So there are aspects of the level where you can split up characters, but you almost never would because you only had one healer and everyone else has to heal through items instead. And items are not, you know, super plentiful and money is not super plentiful either. So and money is used for buying weapons and things like that too. 
So you basically end up in a situation where you never would separate anybody from the group unless you just knew for certain that they would be okay. I've had situations where I'd be like, oh, I'm just going to send two of these people off because this whole area has like one enemy in it. Then you get there and the like 10 enemies spawn. Um, thankfully, the game is pretty generous with like uh, recovery. Uh, I don't know if you can permanent kill characters in that game. It doesn't seem like it. But, um, you know, it, it definitely doesn't seem that dangerous, but it does mean that, you know, people will be out of commission if they go walk out there by themselves and just get murdered by some invisible group of ninjas. So, so I finally got that second healer from uh, the, the mission I was on. So that definitely has made it so I could split up groups and, and manage them more efficiently. Uh, does it necessarily make the game faster? Not really. I did look online. So Gaming Curiosities, which is a great YouTube channel you should check out if you, if you haven't looked at it. It is not like a you know commentary channel. It is just if you want to look at raw gameplay for PC98 games, PCFX games, PlayStation games. Very, very niche kind of Japanese um, imports, typically. And they have a full playthrough of Farceland Story FX. I think it's like 14 hours for them. However, they disabled animations. Um, so you can basically disable battle animations and movement animations. I believe they disabled both or at least the battle animations. So it seems like I was looking at like the, the, the mission timer between mine and theirs. And it feels like battle and walking animations doubles the amount of time that a, a mission takes. So if you want to speed up Farland Story FX, you can just basically turn all that stuff off and have characters warp around. In my opinion, I, I mean, I, I'm the same way with this with like Fire Emblem as well. I don't like turning battle animations off because that's part of the experience for me in terms of like, I like seeing the characters kind of engage. I think that's kind of part of the fun of it. And with Farland Story FX in particular, um, the character sprites on those screens are um, really detailed in a way that uh, that's really nice. Or I guess you could character images. They, they look more like scanned in cells rather than um, than like traditional sprites. It, it kind of looks like somebody did like the Donkey Kong Country thing, but with like an anime uh, 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 drawing kind of thing and scanned it in and put it in there. So um, I, I, I think that is kind of essential in my opinion. And a lot of the animations are very cute and very fun and the character designs are cute and fun. So missing out on that, I think for me specifically, just isn't really an option. It just sucks because that game takes so long to, to get through a mission. It's like two to two and a half hours sometimes. So one thing I have done to try to break up that um, monotonous gameplay is I started watching some dubbed anime while I was playing it because 99% of the time nothing is really happening that I need to be really engaged with in Farland Story FX. So a while ago I started watching Ascendance of a Bookworm. Um, I really enjoyed season one of it quite a bit. Probably talked about it on the podcast because I was really into like the paper making story of it a lot. Um, and then season two I kind of was a little more iffy on. I was like this is fine enough. Um, and in season three, I, I think it's the same kind of thing, although I do kind of appreciate that there's this progressive advancement of like, hey, the, the first one's about making paper and ink. Um, the second one is kind of about like mass producing the second season, kind of about like mass producing those items. And then the third season is like mass producing on scale through like printing press and things like that. And I like that aspect of the show a lot, but it's not really the focus anymore. It'll, it's like this whole other magic thing going on, which is fine. It's, it's like a fine enough story and like noble politics and things like that. And the fact that she's a commoner versus being a noble. Um, but I, I just like the part where like they're making stuff and advancing things. And obviously, you know, that wouldn't be like on its own probably wouldn't be a great show, but I like the struggle of that. And I, I think it kind of gets, 
it's an element of the show now, but it's not like a strong through line anymore. So I'm still enjoying it. And for, you know, essentially just filling out time that I would have been just like listening to a YouTube podcast or something otherwise, um, it's been a good, a good alternative. There's a lot of Farland story effects left and not that much more Sentence of a Bookworm season three for me left. So I'm going to have to find another dubbed show. Um, I know I have Pat Labor that I still got to watch, but I actually have that in a very inconvenient way. Have that on uh, Blu-ray discs. So I would need to either hook up a PS3 or just go, you know, find a way to watch Pat Labor otherwise. But I would want to watch the dub. I watched the whole TV anime series for Pat Labor, but we'll see. Um, if you have any other anime recommendations that are dubbed that you're like, these are good animes, let me know. I guess at this point, I'm just kind of open-minded to kind of whatever, because I think I probably have at least another season of anime in me for Farland Story FX. So, and I'm going to finish it. We got to get a Farland Story FX video at some point. So, so we're going to get there. Um, so, so yeah, very, very exciting. A little bit extra PCFX news here, actually, um, we talked about it on the last PCFX podcast we did, where essentially, you know, the PCFX is a system that is very geared towards, you know, the, probably best represented of what it would be at, at its time and place through like CRT displays and the kind of the blurryness and the scanline nature that comes with that, right? Um, and while you can do like artificial scan lines and things like that through a retro tink, and I mess with that a little bit and I think it looks pretty good overall. I, I, there's definitely flaws with it. Um, it's not something you can really use in like a YouTube video, so I can't really use it because I'm recording basically everything I play. Right. So the recording would look bad essentially. So I can't really do that. Um, but one thing I was thinking about doing was taking an approach similar to what like uh, uh, Noelle was doing on our Amelie Dory channel and basically, you know, essentially taking the camera I have and pointing it at a CRT screen. Now, I mentioned before, I do have a CRT in my house. However, it is like a 24 inch CRT. It's on a cart, essentially. And it's a relic of a time before I was willing to spend money on upscalers and things like that. I still have it just basically as a like, what if I play a light gun game? But realistically, I have not done much with it, unfortunately. Um, it does have component inputs, which is very nice. Um, but, you know, at, at this point in time, there's because I have upscalers and things like that, there's less and less of a reason for me to need to use it. It's also a flat screen CRT. So it comes with its own issues with like bending the light and things like that. So I've been considering getting rid of it for a while. I would like to get rid of it in a more responsible way and like seeing maybe I need to like contact like, you know, a local convention or somebody who sets up the gaming stuff at a local convention be like, hey, do you want this thing essentially? Because I don't want to just like throw it in the dump. Um, but I do, I was like, well, maybe I can utilize this for, for, for the PCFX stuff. But reality is, is that like trying to lug that cart in here, it's going to be a huge pain and trying to connect everything is going to be a huge pain with that particular setup. So I did buy, I don't know if it's like a PVM or BVM, but I did get like a professional monitor, um, although it is not like a Sony one. It is, uh, I forget who it is. It's not Philips. Who is it? I don't remember the company. It's one of the, it's a, it's, it's a recognizable TV brand name, but it's definitely not like a Sony, like top tier PVM or something like that. But, um, it has S video input. And I was like, for what I'm trying to do on the PCFX, this probably will work very well. It's nine inch screen or, or 8.5 inches or whatever I think is, is what it is. I think that's the screen size where it's the, the, the 
TV size. Personally, I am totally okay with something small. I would prefer something small. I initially really wanted a small TV, um, but the fact of the matter is when I was going around looking at thrift shops here back in like 2016, I couldn't find many CRTs anymore, right? And so I ended up with that thing for like, you know, 10 10 bucks. Uh, So, but it it just, it was so inconvenient to use. And and once I got upscaler set up and everything, it became especially... Uh, not important for me to use really. So um, maybe, maybe there's still some use in it and maybe I'll end up keeping it, but it's so big. And I, I'm honestly, I'm at the point in my apartment where um, space is probably more important to me. Um, so, so getting rid of that thing will probably ultimately be for the best, but I would like to get rid of it responsibly and give it to somebody who would actually use it. However, you know, just because you say that doesn't necessarily mean that there's like, you know, somebody out there willing to take it. Right. So, um, at the end of the day, if it ends up in a dump somewhere, it ends up in the dump somewhere, but you know, the unfortunate nature of giant CRTs, nobody wants. Right. So anyway, so I bought that. It was not that expensive. It was like 80 bucks. And I think another like $15 shipping. So in a che- on the cheaper side, I feel like of those type of types of monitors. So hopefully it works out. But for PCFX specifically, S-Video will be perfectly fine. I do need to kind of find a way to kind of set it up over here, but it's going to be a lot easier to set up than that other screen will be. So I'm thinking about maybe reorganizing a little bit. I have beside my desk here um, a little like, I don't know what you would call it, um, shelving unit. Um, it's very, very beat up and old. It was something that I... Basically, we were going to throw away at my last job and I ended up taking it because at the time I didn't have any furniture. So it's like anything I could put anything on, I'll take it. So right now it's holding a handful of things like uh, um, my PC-98 games, uh, some some keyboards, and then also my DAS, my storage for my game footage. Um, so it's holding, it's all in there right now, but <laughs> my DAS right now, I need, I need to go back and like figure out, I was having issues where I was encoding like or compressing video for a lot of games like Xenoblade Chronicles 3, I compressed all the video for that, but then it came out where it was bigger than the original files. So like something's wrong. I don't know what changed, but something's wrong. So I gotta do some testing with that and try to get back to, to um, compressing everything on that DAS. Also next year is probably around the three year mark for these drives. So I probably need to really make sure I get some replacement drives because but because they're 12 terabyte drives they're not cheap to replace so i might be keeping an eye out around the holidays just trying to see if i can get some cheaper 12 terabyte drives and then what i what i think i'll probably do because right now my drives are i'm I'm writing dangerous when it comes to my footage storage there's no backup for those so so i might get two two 12 terabyte drives set up a raid essentially on them and then try to compress down the footage, you know, to, to the degree that I can. And then um, I, I, I think there's a lot of a lot of room for improvement for me in how I store game footage that is not just throwing more space at it. So but I think having two more 12 terabyte drives as a raid will be important because, you know, when you don't have footage or something, it makes it incredibly difficult to suddenly make a video about, you know, something like that Xenoblade Chronicles 3 video that I did, right? Where I needed all this footage for all this stuff and admittedly I had to re-record some things, but for Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Xenoblade Chronicles X, all those things, I just was able to grab what I had and throw it on there. It's just so quick and easy to do that, which is thankful. And also for the podcast clips as well, that's been a, a, a big help as well, having all that stuff. So I do need to probably set up something somewhat soon for that. But anyways, we'll get to that. Data storage stuff locally is always a huge pain, unfortunately. So speaking of that Xenoblade Chronicles 3 video, talked about it last week. It was around like 800 views last week. It's I, I think 
as of this recording, it's not quite there yet, but probably by the time you're hearing this podcast on Monday, it's probably at, at least 1,500 views. So it did pretty well um, for the type of video it was. Also, you know, within the, the window I released it, um, it definitely curved off pretty hard towards the end. So I don't think it's going to get like a ton more views in the near future. However, it seems to still be kind of steadily climbing. So it's doing uh, it's doing pretty well. I think I mentioned last week, I haven't really had a win so far this year in terms of video content I've produced. The Nintendo G video did get over to 1000 views. However, a lot of that lift came from Nintendo Life. The first week that video went out with Nintendo Life, it got like 700 views. Um, and then so, you know, if it's at like one point, I think it's like 1.1 or 1.2K, you know, it hasn't really done a lot since then. So I I don't necessarily know how successful that was. But Xenoblade Chronicles 3, you know, I did kind of mess with the thumbnail stuff again. Appreciate a friend that helped me out with some of that stuff. Some of that stuff I just normally wouldn't do on my own. But having somebody else be like, be like, hey, this is this looks good or this looks fine or this is like an okay approach, I think helped. Um, you know, I I kind of prefer more conservative thumbnails personally, but the reality is is that when you're playing the YouTube dance, like, you know, I don't, I don't make thumbnails for content, right? I'm making, I'm making videos. That is what I want to do. And the thumbnail stuff is always just the annoying part of it. So anyways, it's always frustrating. Um, I think you're going to see probably more of those thumbnails that look a little more, um, traditional maybe is the right word. Um, I have that Doraemon video I mentioned last week and the thumbnail for that looks like something. <laughs> so hopefully it's okay. Um, I will say I, I kind of played down that Doraemon video last week. Um, in finishing it and, and watching the final project, I think it actually turned out really good. So I actually am actually pretty excited for that video to come out. I added a little bit of humor in there. I know that's always dangerous, right? Um, adding some humor in there, but for, for me at least, but, um, I think it, I think it is generally pretty good, um, a pretty good video overall. So hopefully you guys enjoy that when it comes out. It is very Mario positioned, I will say. So if you see that Mario thumbnail from me, just click it, please. <laughs> I know Mario content has not performed particularly well on my channel. You know, it's kind of funny because like I have this whole thing going on with, you know, the things I'm interested in. Um, but I still really like 3D Mario games. 3D Mario games are great. I think they're they're probably some of my favorite games. Um, I just don't talk about them much because there's not much to say about them beyond what people have already said, I think. Uh, Mario Galaxy is probably one... I don't know. Like, Mario Galaxy is, is definitely one of the best video games I've played. On, on the fence, I don't know if it's my favorite, one of my favorite video games I've played. But I'm a big fan of 3D Mario games. I think it's one of the franchises for me that has continued to evolve in a way that has made me very happy overall. Even if I have my, you know, individual nitpick points for each, I'm generally very happy with each one. So anyway, so that's coming up and I'm trying to kind of keep like one scripted video a month. It's not probably going to 100% happen every time, but that is currently my goal. I am looking at the next video afterwards. I hopefully think it won't be too hard to put together. I did have like a preliminary script that I made last year for it, um, but I kind of want to rework it a bit. So I will probably do that at some point here and start working on the video for October here shortly and hopefully get that done before the end of this month, essentially. That would be my goal. Um, I think I could probably get it done sooner, but we'll see. <laughs> we, we will see. <laughs> um, also, the podcast clips, um, I, I, I'm still looking for feedback on those. If you have any thoughts on, you know, whether you like them or don't like them, uh, they do not perform very well. However, they are very much serving the purpose that I want them to serve, where, um, you know, a lot of times I don't necessarily think I'm going to get a lot of traction talking about a game. But I kind of want to have a record of me talking about a game 
And and in some cases, some games, I just want something to be out there for it. Like, I still feel bad that the Kaito Joker game on 3DS, we don't really have a traditional review for that on the website. And I feel like that game needs a review somewhere in English, right? Um, so those podcast clips kind of is a shortcut way for me to do that. I think I'm still kind of working out the the little kinks of what how I want to handle those. Um, they kind of start very suddenly because they're a part of the podcast. I either may re-record the intros of them, um, or when we do the podcast, I might make like a hard stop and then talk about the game essentially and just go into it from there. So I know that's repeat content from those of you who listen to the podcast, but um, I just think it's a lot better use of my time for for those particular things, unfortunately. So we'll see. Short term, they haven't been doing very well, but most of my casual reviews did not do well short term. They'd get like 40 to 50 views, then most of them would be dead in the water, and then a handful of them would get some level of traction from there, but very few of them did. So looking at them and seeing them be, you know, 15 to 30 views, you know, less than a casual review at least, um, it, it's not that concerning on my part. But again, I'm open to hearing feedback. If you're looking at them, you're like, I wish that there was some change to these in some way or whatever. Um, but, you know, as a podcast listener, the main benefit for you and watching them would be you'd see the gameplay along with me talking about it. So... One last thing before we get into Patreon stuff, Napletail. Clap, 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 clap. Congratulations. We did it. We streamed Napletail after three weeks of trying. <laughs> so, so we started that. So if you are interested in seeing some Napletail streaming, that stream is up from last week if you want to watch the VOD of that at the moment. Um, and then also we'll be streaming that again Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific time. Very cute, very charming, and fairly relaxing game. Very lighthearted, or maybe like a light game. It's a very, very kind of easy thing to just kind of like dip your fingers into and just kind of enjoy, I feel like. It's not like you, you're you really getting into some like really intense thing, at least not so far. I am stuck at the moment. I got to figure out what we need to do next. I probably should do that before we start streaming next time because I was just kind of like, I don't know what is next in this, this process, but very cute game overall. So we'll be, again, doing that Thursday at 7 p.m., I am thinking about maybe, you know, spicing up the streams a bit again. I don't know if I necessarily am going to do that anytime soon. I've actually had a lot of things I've been thinking about recently. Some things I can't talk about right now um, because it involves other people and I don't want to, you know, promise anything, especially on their behalf um, that that we can't meet. But um, I, I'm doing a lot of thinking and a lot of reorienting. That's part of what the podcast clips I think are doing is to help free up time so I can focus more on these other larger projects hopefully and give you the content you want at a more regular pace rather than just me rambling into a microphone about you know the horse game on the Wii I mean I do that already on the podcast but then making a special video for me to ramble about it is, is kind of you know they're they're serving very similar purposes I think just for different audiences in some ways so anyways that's all I'm going to say about the YouTube stuff Patreon time oh one other thing for Patreon time I'm doing the beeps again. I said last week I don't like the beeps, yet I did it anyways. And it's the same noises for the news. Um, but for the Patreon, I, I did want to note that I am also rethinking the end screen for the videos. And one of the things I'll probably be doing with that rethinking process is figuring out how to put Patreon people's names in there. 
um, and how I want to handle that. Uh, right now, as a temporary fix for what I was trying to do, I moved the one controller port like name upwards, but that doesn't include the Patreon stuff. So I, I'm, I'm thinking about how to implement that. And I think over the next, you know, couple months, you'll probably see that eventually implemented, hopefully in, in one of the premiere videos at some point, but not in the Doraemon video. I can say that much at the very least, but it's Patreon time. Hey, did you know you can get bonus content through the Patreon? Like last week, I made a video where I poured soda into Buddy Mission Bond glasses that I ordered from Japan. 70-something dollars Buddy Mission Bond glasses? I mean, 70 total at least. It wasn't that expensive. I am trying to use them. I have been drinking out of them. Um, whenever I have like a, a colored drink, I will try to match it with whoever makes the most sense and use that that little cup. <laughs> um, so um, that is unfortunately the last planned Buddy Mission Bond content at this time. So if you are like, boy, Ben... You're my favorite Buddy Mission Bond YouTuber. When's the next bit of Buddy Mission Bond coming up? All right, look, guys. <laughs> There's only so much Buddy Mission Bond content. Um, there is that event coming up here. I think it it might have happened already, actually. I think about it. I have to look on the uh, Twitter again. I don't remember, but um, it's it's at least coming up this month at the very least if it hasn't happened already. But yeah, no no more Buddy Mission Bond content. But if you want to see that, all you have to do is pay $5. And for that month, you get access to all the bonus videos on the YouTube channel. That includes me going back and reading old, old articles aloud, doing commentary on old uh, videos I've done. Also includes behind the scenes stuff where I post up content that got abandoned for whatever reason, or you know, I maybe try to do something like a YouTube short and failed, so you get to see the failed version of it. Um, and then also, you know, stuff like like uh, uh, Kaminazo. Been playing Kaminazo on there. I, I I have only uploaded one playthrough so far, but I am I am playing into Kaminazo more. So you should start seeing more of that soon, or at least you will see it like once a month and then I'll, I'll bundle together multiple playthroughs or multiple sessions of it is maybe ideal. So maybe you would only get like one Kaminazo a month, but maybe I'll play it multiple times that month and, and shovel that footage together. That is maybe the current plan. I do want to get Kaminazo finished before the end of this year though, for sure. Like me playing it at the very least. Doing a video about Kaminazo, whole other thing. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. My year is pretty much planned out for new video content in terms of scripted stuff. Anyways, that's at the $5 level. But hey, did you know if you subscribed at the $5 level, I already said that, um, you also get the ability to ask a Patreon question. Um, I forgot to thank you guys, though. Let me do that real quick. Henry Dagger, Paul Daniel, um, Discreet, and Jillian, thank you guys again for supporting me on the Patreon. I'll try to get your names up on those videos soon and, uh, you know, have those those printed there um, so you get your your, your credit, your, your your bonus credit bonus credit is that bonus i guess i mean you paid the money it's not really bonus you just <laughs> did it but anyways but what you can do is also ask a podcast question every monday i post up a post on the patreon at 3 p.m that says hey here's a podcast question jillian has graciously provided us many questions ahead of time so i will put her question there initially but if you want to comment with a different question feel free to do so and we'll do that and do that question instead but this week we have another jillian question here the question is Canceled games you wish actually came out. Had a weird pause there on my sorry, my side, sorry. Um, canceled games you actually wish came out. You know, I'm going to say up front, this is probably going to be very Nintendo focused um, in thinking about this. Uh, there's a couple PlayStation 1s I can think of, or at least at least one. Yeah, maybe just one. 
that I can think of off the top of my head. But um, the games that I, or the game I thought immediately when I dropped this question last week was a game called Cosmic Walker for the Nintendo Wii. As far as I'm aware, there's only one time we ever saw this game. There may have been some screenshots posted later, but in terms of gameplay, there was a Nintendo Wii um, like montage where they would show, you know, the games back to back. And usually there'd be some music that'd be like, and then there'd be like Wii Sports on screen with like this, like, you know, thumping music in the background. Um, and, and so you'd see like five seconds of game. I love those kind of trailers. One of my favorite things was like the end of E3 uh, conferences when they're like, hey, all the games plus more. And it's like, what? Let me look. Let me see what's in here. All of a sudden, Sword of Mana shows up or something like that, right? Like, yeah, cool, man. A Sword of Mana remake? That's that's neat. Um, so, you know, stuff like that. Or Sword of... It's, is that Sword of Mana? I don't know. The Game Boy Advance Mana remake or whatever it was. Anyways, that aside. So this was a part of one of those trailers. I think it was like 2007. It was, I think it was alongside a Disaster Day of Crisis um, pre-demo where it showed Ray like running around on a beach as like big rocks were falling down at him. Anyways, Cosmic Walter Walker. Um so Cosmic Walter Walk Walter Walker is a game where essentially you are just like flying around in outer space in this ship or in in your in your space shoot suit and you're like flying around this like space station. You're flying through the space station as well. And as far as like all they ever really showed in the trailer was like you repairing stuff and things like that. So there's no enemies or anything like that. So um, I thought this game just like looked really cool and I was like, cool, space, space station repair game. And I'm sure there's probably an indie game out there today that that is that. But at the time, um, it really jumped out at me and I was really excited for it. And then it never showed up again. <laughs> so I forget who is making it. It was some developer who I think did a bunch of PSP games. So it made kind of sense that they were working on the Wii. Uh, I think it used to be like some ex-Atlas people that were working on it. But unfortunately, never showed up again, I'm guessing. We will never see Cosmic Walker again, but hopefully someday some kind of build of that leaks out. Um, who, who can say? Um, this game technically wasn't canceled, but the Nintendo 64 version of Mother 3, I think, would have been kind of neat to see. Um, mainly because that game just looks so different from the other uh, uh, Mother games. You know, Mother 3 on the Game Boy Advance, you know, Earthbound, if you're not familiar with that series. But Earthbound 2, essentially, I guess you could say. There's Earthbound 0, 1, and 2. Um, but it's Mother 1, 2, 3, and 3 is the Game Boy Advance one. But the Game Boy Advance game came out of the 64's game's ashes, basically. But, you know, it was a tr very traditional-looking game from a 64 visual perspective. So it has, you know, that very, you know, I guess you would call it, like, lack of style that a lot of, like, early 3D games have, where they just kind of go for, like, a semi-realistic look in some ways. Um, and I just kind of like the look of that to some degree. Like, it's, it's almost novel at this point because... You know, the other Earthbound games look the way they do, or all the final games look the way they do. But then this one particular version of the game just looked so different visually. And I think that that's something that I would love to have seen more of. And, and I hope someday we get some kind of, like, I guess I could say this about all these things. Someday we get some kind of, like, little playable bit here. Um, Retro Studio Studios Ravenblade for the GameCube. I believe this is like a GameCube or a Zelda-style game that they were working on. Actually, Retro Studios was in the... Um, the news recently, I think because they were working on like a chic game, which is a rumor already, but I think, did you know, gaming did some like pretty deep digging and found out more about it. I watched the video and, um, it was interesting to, to listen to, but there wasn't a lot of like substance in it, unfortunately, other than just like, Hey, here's like the core gameplay idea. And then here's a bunch of art basically. So, um, but yeah, so they were working on that thing and, uh, unfortunately it died. 
uh, pretty much for the sake of, you know, Metroid Prime. They canceled a bunch of projects because of the, because of that. Capcom's Dead Phoenix on the GameCube. I think flight games are just kind of cool. There's plenty of other flight games out there, but just the fact that it was like part of that Capcom 5 that never came out always appealed to me. Project Hammer. So Project Hammer was a very much, was something at the time at least I was very excited for because I was very into the B-movie thing. I just got off like Blue Stinger, right? And I was like, boy, boy, oh boy. Blue Stinger. I guess maybe the timeline of that doesn't really line up, actually. Um, because I do remember Project Hammer being something appealing to me when the Wii was announced, and that was like 2006, and I didn't play Blue Stinger till like 2008. But I think that B-movie, kind of like, you know, 80s action flick style was just always kind of appealing to me, and, and, and Project Hammer reminded me of that a lot, I think. So... I think that was one of the things that was really appealing to me. And I think eventually it got like rebranded to Wii Crush or something like that. So um, it, it was an interesting looking thing, but ultimately it probably would have been a very good game. I'm sure I would have picked it up though if it did actually come out because I was very excited for it. Uh, the one PlayStation game on this list is Identify. This was a video shown off, I believe at the PlayStation 3 reveal event or maybe the E3 after that. I think maybe it was shown off at Tokyo Game Show. I'm trying to remember where PlayStation 3 got announced. There's like the banana controller, right? But I think by the time, or boomerang controller, I think. Uh, but I think by the time the boomerang controller was like done with, that was the show that this identify thing was showed off. But it's like a iToy game where essentially you were the operator for these uh, two spies. You know, if you're familiar with the PlayStation 2 game, Lifeline probably looks very similar in terms of, you know, the, or sounds similar in terms of the concept. Um, so essentially you are somebody with a microphone and you're just basically directing these characters. They never showed any real gameplay. It definitely was a proof of concept trailer more than anything else. So it was something that never really amounted to anything, but it's so stiff and awkward that I love looking at that old trailer. I would have loved to see what it turned out to be, but it probably would have just been something along the lines of a lifeline where you tell characters to do particular things. I think there maybe could have been some benefit of like taking something like lifeline and stripping out certain controls like don't sit there and have to like direct the character but maybe give them like on rail actions that they do that you randomize and then you make choices based off what you say kind of thing i think there could have been some value there to some degree so and the last two games here are not canceled games but they are sacrifices that were made uh for reasons um bloodstained ritual of the night I think the Wii U version of that would have been really cool with the gamepad um, map and everything on the bottom screen. I think Castlevania games benefit greatly from a second screen experience. I think that's something that's sorely missing from Castlevania games today, unfortunately. But, you know, it's just the nature of the hardware. And until we get something that is more of a true 2D screen experience again, we won't really see that. And I think the Wii U probably scared off a lot of people from doing that, for now at least. Uh, I think Steam Deck, you might be able to do something like that, though. I think people have been doing, like, DS emulation through Steam Deck, actually. So, um, But I thought it was cool. I'm sure Bloodstain wouldn't have ran re well on the Wii U, though, just how that Switch tur version turned out. And, you know, they already cut out versions to kind of optimize the game, probably to avoid the Mighty Number no. 9 situation, right? Where you make all these different versions of the game and they just all crumble under the lack of optimization kind of thing. And then Breath of the Wild's gamepad support, I, I think that game really could have benefited from having a gamepad um, to manage inventory and things like that and change weapons, you know, in real time in a way that you didn't have to like pause and go between a bunch of like cross menu stuff, the PlayStation cross menu in Breath of the Wild. Um, I think that would have been really cool in like the map aspect as well. So not ne necessarily canceled, asp or canceled games, but those parts of those games were, you know, 
essentially removed from the final version of the game. I think uh, Oanuma said that we removed all the gamepad aspects because of you know the Switch version and wanted to make the versions as similar as possible, essentially. So, anyways, that's it for the Patreon. Again, you can ask a question on today if you're listening to this podcast on Monday. Um, again, that that post stays up, and you can you know ask a question anytime this week. Friday is pretty much the cutoff point, so if you ask it on Friday, I might shift your question to the next week. But you know, I will still get to your question even if you leave it there. So, it's news time with very little news. I almost did the beat, but I stopped myself. I'm an adult. I have (laughs) self-control. Tokyo Game Show stuff, I think, happens within the next week or so. I believe. I could be wrong about that. I think that is the case, though. So I think we'll have more to talk about next week. Um, But the two stories I wanted to touch on this week was, one is an update to the whole Arn Fantasia thing. No uh, penny blood this week um, in terms of updates on that. But Arm Fantasia, we were talking about how the Penny Blood and Arm Fantasia trailers looked like they were probably target renders to me rather than actual gameplay. And that seems to very much be the case. Um, Arm Fantasia, the Wild Arms, one of those games, spiritual successors, um, they put out a video that was like a uh, beta, alpha, whatever you want to call it, right? Basically a gameplay test, not even a gameplay test, a world test, like just walking around a world um, with very simple setups, nothing really going on. And the visuals are definitely significantly um, downgraded from that 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 thing itself. So the trailer that was put out. So that's not anything I think is too weird for gaming. Target renders are typical things, um, and you know more, games more or less will try to meet that. And I think you know the games themselves do, definitely don't look like you know at least from a you know technical prowess perspective that they wouldn't be able to reach that from a budget you know of like optimizing the game is a whole other thing, but. Um, but it does seem like they probably just have a, had a target render trailer made and then they have this other thing that's, you know, the actual, what they have built of the game so far, which is probably very little and it it looks pretty, pretty bland overall. Um, if the video was uploaded at like 720p, so it is pretty blurry. So, you know, it's not super, super clear what's going on, but it definitely just looks like visually it's not as great looking. It doesn't look bad. I, well, it looks like a game that's in development, I should say, but it doesn't look like, you know, it doesn't look like a nightmare or something like that. And, and even if, if it did, like, you know, these games, I believe, are still very early in development. I don't think they've given a window. They probably gave some window for release, but I don't think it's anytime soon kind of thing, right? Um, so I think that was the big thing. It's just I was curious if their target renders or not. And they may have said from the start that they weren't, but I just never dug a deep enough. And then the other thing I just want to talk about was Guns Undarkness. We talked about this a while ago. This is the, I guess you would call XCOM Valkyria Chronicles-like strategy RPG from the Persona composer. A really fascinating story behind this, if I recall correctly, where, like, I think the composer was working on this game at Atlas, and then they were like, you need to either stop working on this or go like work on it on your own. And I think he largely got their blessing to go work on it, but he is no longer, I think like employed at the company. I think he's still contracting with them for music. Um, But anyway, so he started a Kickstarter for this thing. Um, I think this game just has like a really cool style to it. Um, It's just, it just looks like a a Dojin game in a lot of ways. The lighting's just not quite there yet. And, uh, and the, the animations definitely look very janky. They have not showed off new footage, but they did show some new screenshots as they're leading up to the Kickstarter. September 12th is when that Kickstarter launches. They're asking for $30,000. So per usual, 
they have made their RPG idea. Now people just need to support it. I do not support Kickstarters typically, and I will not support this one. I will, I will, I will buy the game maybe if it if it comes out and it looks still kind of neat. But it just it just looks it, it it's stylish enough in the ways that I like certain games to be stylish. I don't know, like I like a Persona. I would say Persona Five is a stylish game. But it's not stylish in a way that I care. <laughs> Where this game has a look. And also the trailer music is amazing. So if you haven't watched that Gun Undarkness Undar trailer. I will link it again. Because it's a beautiful trailer. Get past the first part where it's like. A, I think it's like a narrator talking. You need to get to the music. Because the music is wonderful. <laughs> it's like a crush 40 levels of like. Kind of butt, Jap butt rock with like Japanese singers. Like saying English lyrics and things like that. So. Anyways, so that's coming up. And that's it for this week. See, we did it. We got like 40 minutes. So we, we figured it out. I, I had a lot of stuff to just like verbally ramble on about at the start. So um, this week, uh, I didn't. I should have said this probably earlier when we talking about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 stuff. But I have my Xenoblade Chronicles 3 updated or my Monolith Soft tier list updated with Xenoblade Chronicles 3 video coming out this week. This is more than just me ranking Xenoblade Chronicles 3. It is also me revisiting some of those ranks that I made. Because I did replay some of those games, so I kind of freshened my memory up on them. So I moved some of them around a little bit. But the big thing was was placing Xenoblade Chronicles 3 on that list. So that's going to be this week. I don't really expect it to get a lot of views. I think anybody who watched that video probably is gone at this point. So uh, it's basically just like a sub-podcast post that went up. I, I did, you know, put in footage in there, but I just want to get it out of the way as, as Xenoblade Chronicles 3, you know, as we have talked about it recently. So, um, yeah, hopefully that's something that you're interested in. It's like 40 minutes long, so it is pretty lengthy. It's not going to be going up in podcast form, though, I will say. It's just going to be going on the YouTube. And then uh, after that, a couple weeks after that, at the end of the month, basically, that's when the Doraemon video is going to be coming out for that. Otherwise, uh, the Body Mission Bond Patreon video is up last week. Again, $5 for any bonus video content on the Patreon. And then um, then we are playing Napletail on uh, on Thursday at 7 p.m. Trying to figure out some ideas if we want to do like a Halloween stream. Undecided on that yet. You just need to make something that makes sense um, for that. So we'll see when that happens. Otherwise, I think that's going to be it, though. Thank you again for coming. One Control Portal Con is the website. If you want to listen to this podcast uh, just through audio rather than watching on YouTube, you can find us on most podcast platforms as One Control Report. Um, or, yeah, I think it's One Control Report Podcast. Um, <laughs> I should probably know. I was like, is it OCP or is it One Control Report Podcast? Pretty sure it's the full name. Um, and then uh, if you want to watch me talk with this stuff just hanging out in the background while I talk, but you can look at me move my mouth. Uh, I upload this podcast on YouTube, although they get unlisted at the end of each uh, week, essentially. But there is a playlist if you want to go watch all of them. So you can check out the playlist there. And then, uh, yeah, other than that, I will let you guys go. Have a great week. Bye.